And thank you all once again for being here today. As I just mentioned, um, if you've taken a look at your bulletin yet, uh, there's a lot going on. In fact, when you came in, I think you got a bulletin and a pen. We thought, you might want to write some things down here. So instead of just flying through the announcements, we thought we'd take some time to talk about what's going on in the life of our church right now. And so if you would take a look at your bulletin, if you would open that up. And every week we give a special welcome to our guests. And so if we have any guests or visitors with us here today, please stop by that welcome table on the back. We've got a gift for you on your way out. Every week we tell you about loaves and fishes. Now this past month they had to cancel their food packing because of the storm of the century that we had on Thursday, right? But it's usually the third Thursday of every month, and so you don't need to sign up to be a part of that. You just go, help box up food, and that's food that's given to people right here in this community. You can also bring in food donations. You can leave them right up here on the stage. Um, we're collecting for people who are in need, and so that's part of what we believe as a church. It's our job to do. So we have that opportunity to tangibly serve our neighbors. You'll also see in your bulletin there's information about this prayer support. We believe in the power of prayer here at Hope. And so if you need some prayers, if you need some prayer support, you're welcome to join us here at 10 o'clock. There's a group that prays downstairs in the children's church room. If you have a prayer request that you'd like to share, you can email Mickey. That, the email address is right there in your bulletin. You can share that prayer request, and you'll have people praying for you. We'll jump on top of that. We'll be praying for you. But I also want to let you know this. If something good happens in your life that you just want to celebrate, you can send that out to the prayer team, too. We love to do praises. It's not just about, oh, everything's falling apart. Let's pray over the good stuff, too. You know, you get some good news. You get a test result back, and it's positive. Let's, let's be praying about those things, too. And so uh, you can take advantage of that, that um, being able to email Mickey there. We want you to mark your calendars. There's a few things coming up. And this first thing we've talked about, not at length, not in detail, but we've got a men's retreat, the Wild at Heart Men's Retreat. Now, in the past, we've done something up in... Um, up in New York somewhere. Where is that? Lake Champion. That's what it's called. Yes, we've done that before. That's about two and a half, three hours away. It's a big thing with lots of different churches from all over. This thing is just two churches. So this retreat we're going to do, it's just our church and our partner church, Bethlehem. Uh, we do the Kenya trip together. We're also going to do this together. So it's men re men's retreat. It's just the two churches. It's called Wild at Heart because it's based on this book by John Eldridge called Wild at Heart. Wild at heart. And so this is a big thing. Um, we're going to be leaving. It starts Thursday night, and it goes through until Sunday morning. Um, if you can't make it that whole time, if you can't get that day off work Friday or something, we can, we can make it work, okay? We'll find a way to make it work for you. There is a cost to attend this event. It's $140. Don't let that stop you from coming, okay? If that's the only factor, there are scholarships available. We'll find a way to take care of that cost, all right? But, but guys, if we're going to do this, if we're going to take a time away to, to, to kind of be spiritually fed as men, if we're going to do this, we need the support from our wives, from our families. And so I'm kind of asking the, the wives and families out there to give your support to this. Um, some people might wonder, why do you spend so much time talking about men's stuff at Hope? You're talking about the men's breakfast and Bible study all the time, men's group, men's group. Well, there's women's stuff too going on. But one of the reasons that we want to do this men's retreat and help with men's things is because this is an area of ministry that's, that's been neglected. It's been neglected in this community. It's been neglected in a lot of churches. And so we're trying to, to feed the men here. Um, and so I'd ask you to think about doing this. Think about going on this retreat with us. If you're somebody who's like, I'm not doing that, well, reconsider. <laughs> reconsider. Uh, right now, we've got uh, some copies of this book, including the one I have in my hand. We have 10 copies of this book available in the back. Um, guys, on your way out, pick up one of these books. Give it a read. Okay, give it a read. Um, this will let you know the kind of content we're going to be talking about this weekend. Th these are free, by the way. Uh, take one on your way out. Give it a read. 
And uh, don't be shy. If we run out, we'll get some more for next Sunday, okay? And so we want to be taking care of each other. We want to take care of our families. We want to take care of the guys as well. Uh, next in your bulletin there, we've talked about this a little bit. Um, we are going to be participating in the Overdose Awareness Day and Memorial Walk. You have the date there in your bulletin. That's April 29th. Um, we've already began discussing what are some of the things that we're going to do as a part of this event. We're going to have a table set up. Uh, we're going to make some information available for those who, who need different forms of help. Um, but we want to see a strong showing of support from our church to be physically present uh, would be very, very important. So let's, let's show up that day. Let's walk that day. As we get closer to the event, we'll put out some uh, sign-up sheet or we'll do a e uh, sign-up over email just to let us know that you're going to be there. We'll figure out parking, figure out where we're going to start, where we end. All those details will be figured out. But for right now, we're just asking you mark your calendar and be in prayer over this event. Uh, if you've been reading the newspapers, if you're reading the Delco Times, you realize that we've got a real problem here, okay? And so our church, we're looking for a way to help address this issue of addiction in our community. Other thing we want you to mark on your calendars is our Kenya trip. This is the big thing we do every year. You've got the dates of the trip, July 16th through the 29th. You've got our team members listed there. A team of six making this trip. And uh, even though it's just six of us, it takes a whole church and then some to make this trip a reality. And so if you would keep our team in prayer, keep us in prayer as we begin the fundraising efforts. It takes a lot of people, a lot of time, a lot of energy, and a lot of money to get us over there, but God always provides. Um, but we'd appreciate if you'd be praying for us as we gear up for that. On the other side of your bulletin here, it says make a connection with your small group. And last week you may have noticed we added some small groups. And so we're very, very glad that we've got some more opportunities for you to connect. Hey, what you're doing here this morning showing up and sitting there politely and looking at me while I talk at you, that's great. Thank you so much. But we want to give you an opportunity to actually sit together and ask questions and talk through some of these things and share your concerns, share your doubts, share your input. Um, it's a great time to just come together and, and, and really um, look at the Word of God together. And so we always have our parallel group. The next time we're meeting is not this Tuesday, but next Tuesday, the 21st. Uh, we've got, it, like I mentioned earlier, the men's breakfast and Bible study. The women's Bible study starting back up again, March 16th. So ladies, put that on your calendar. And then we have this other opportunity, which I'm really excited about. It's a youth and family Bible study. And so if you've got somebody in your house that's middle school age or, or high school age, um, to go on out there together as a family and to look at this curriculum. It's called Not a Fan by somebody. I forget who. But it's great curriculum. And basically the premise of this curriculum is that you're not just a fan of Jesus. It's not like you just have all of his albums and you think he's a great guy. It's that you're actually a follower of Jesus. That's the point. Not just to admire, but to actually follow and do what he said. So it's great material for our, for our, our young people and for parents of young people. So um, put that on your calendar. We'd love to see you come out to that. There's something that we're starting this week, and we'll be doing this for the next few weeks. Um, our near neighbors, uh, the Chester area and the elementary schools in Chester, um, are struggling to get some of their basic needs met. Uh, those of you who are in education and teachers, you know it's tough right now. Funding's being cut. Funding's just slashed. Like, where's the money? And so they need some basic stuff like pencils and pencil sharpeners. Now, is it just electric pencil sharpeners? Okay. They'll, it, they'll take other kinds, too? All right. So we're doing a little you know, brief uh, dry school supply drive, I guess you would call it, uh, collecting pencils and pencil sharpeners. We have this box right up there. Boom. Um, and so if, when you're shopping this week, if you want to pick up a pack of pencils or, or a pencil sharpener and bring them in, uh, we'll take care of that. We'll be doing that through the end of the month. Uh, again, just a tangible way to help our neighbors. 
Last Sunday, for those of you who were here, you might remember you received, um, there were those cards sitting on your seats. Do you remember that? And you had an opportunity to volunteer to do some new ministry type things. Just wanted to thank all of you who um, were volunteering for new things. Uh, we will be in touch with all of you. We're trying to um, add a few more volunteers to that list and compile that data, I guess you could say. Um, but we will be in touch with you before the next cycle of, um, we do this quarterly schedule thing. It's quarterly, right? And so we'll be in touch with you soon. We do appreciate you, um, those of you who are stepping up to take on some new ministries. Uh, last Sunday, we finished a message series, uh, the, the Rise, Healing, and Divided Nation message series. And if you missed the end of that series, you might want to go ahead and listen to that online at hopeccdelco.com. Um, kind of the culmination, the whole point of why we discussed that. And so in that message last week, we addressed the issue that we as a church are here to tackle. And so if you want to learn more about that, if you care about that, you can go listen to that online. If you don't care, then I guess don't listen. You know, fine, be that way, whatever. Um, <clears throat> it's always a little bit weird to stand up and say, hey, go online, listen to me talk. But <laughs> um, if you're curious to learn more about uh, what we covered that Sunday, what the point of that whole series was, you can listen to that message online. And that takes us to the back page of your bulletin. This is um, some information about the series that we're starting today and what we're, we're doing between now and Easter and really after Easter. And so we want, to, you, we want you to be prepared for what's happening in the life of our church. Uh, you can see that we're starting a series today called Everything is Awesome, almost. So that starts today, more on that later. And then later on in March, as we get into March, we're going to be doing something called the Mark Challenge. Uh, we're going to be reading through the book of Mark. I wanted to call it the Marky Mark Challenge, but maybe I just couldn't put that in writing. I'll say it. I don't want to get sued by Mark Wahlberg or anything. Um, the Mark Challenge. And so the book of Mark is 16 chapters, and you're going to be challenged to read those 16 chapters in 16 days. Uh, way back in May of 2016, if you can remember back then, we did the Proverbs Challenge. And so many of you participated in that Proverbs Challenge where together for 30 days, there's 30 days in the month, 30 chapters in the book, and so we read a chapter a day, and then we sent some emails out, and we talked about it on Sunday mornings, and so we're going to do that again with the book of Mark. Why the book of Mark? Well, how often do you come in, and I encourage you to read these biographies of Jesus, the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, so why don't we do this together as a church? And so we're going to do Mark. Mark's the shortest one, <laughs> so we'll start somewhere. We'll start there. We'll start with 16 chapters, and so that means that before Easter Sunday, you will have read one of the biographies of Jesus. And you'll come into Easter Sunday and be like, I got this. I understand this. This all makes sense to me now. So, well, maybe not all of it. But, um, but we encourage you to think about that. That's going to be happening. And so you'll be able to participate in that. And then we actually have down here at the bottom of your bulletin, the back page, information about what we're doing on Easter Sunday and beyond. Easter Sunday and beyond. So we've got this countdown to Easter. It's 62 days between now and Easter. And the big question is, who will you invite to, invite to join you in worship on Easter Sunday. Okay, we want you to be thinking about this. Easter is one of these times of year where people are a little bit more open to that invitation, open to saying, oh, maybe. People are maybe thinking about going to church that Sunday anyway. And so who will you invite? And we want you to start praying about that now. And we're calling this Easter series, we're calling the series that starts Easter, Discover Hope. And again, we're starting something on Easter Sunday so you can bring your family members, bring your guests. They're going to start with us part one. And we're calling this series Discover Hope because it's, it's kind of plays on two different things here. Discover Hope Community Church, right? You're going to be bringing people in and they're going to discover our church. But more importantly, this series is about discovering the hope that is found in Jesus. And so take a look at, at what we're covering in this series. Again, this is, this is really, des we've designed this series for people who are seeking, 
for people who are exploring, for people who maybe have questions or reservations or skepticism or criticism of Christianity. So invite those people to join you for this. And so on Easter Sunday, we're going to be covering the essential message of Jesus, the message of salvation in Jesus and what Jesus accomplished on the cross. And we're going to be dealing with the fact that all of this, dying on the cross for our sins and all this stuff about heaven and eternal life, we're going to be acknowledging the fact that it's tough to believe all of this. It's tough to believe. Now, a lot of us are Christians and we grew up believing this stuff and it's like, okay, we believe it. But it's tough. If you're new to this, it's tough to believe. So we're just going to address that issue. And so it says the, ta- the claim may be tough, but it's certainly worth looking into. And so in the past, in the history of our church, sometimes I offer that challenge or sometimes I say that. It's like, hey, listen, if you don't know about this stuff, if you don't believe in Jesus, if you're not sure about it, look into it. Do some research. Well, this time around, we're going to give up an opportunity for people to do some research with us, okay? So it's not like, hey, if you've learned something about Jesus, go look into it yourself. What we're going to do is we're going to say, hey, if you've learned something about Jesus here today, we can look at it together over the next three weeks. And so we're going to follow that Easter message with, can you ever really know? Again, dealing with this question of there are all these ideas out there about God and Jesus and life and heaven. How can you ever really know what's true? Can you ever really know what's true? And so we're going to make a case for the fact that you can know that there is such a thing as truth. And you can know um, the truth about God and salvation and Jesus. And then we're going to talk about one way among many. Again, dealing with the reality that there are all these different approaches to God, all these different ideas people have about heaven, about eternal life. And so isn't this Christianity, isn't it just one way among many? Again, we'll make the case for why it's different, why the biblical explanation of how we receive eternal life is different from all of the religions and philosophies and, and approaches to God. It's different. And then we'll have an opportunity for people to continue journeying with Jesus. You know, so many people, the question, the hesitation they have about becoming a follower of Jesus, I just don't get it yet. I'm just not sure about it yet. And so we're going to deal with the reality. And the reality is this. You don't have to have it all figured out before you start following Jesus. And so that's what we're doing on Easter. Wonderful, wonderful opportunity for you to invite people. So be thinking about that now. Be praying about that now. Who will you invite? Who needs to be here with you on that Sunday? Be intentional about it. Don't just, you can do that thing, you know that thing you do where it's like you sent the email, it's like, well, I did it, okay, I feel, I feel better because I did it. No, I don't think about it. Pray about it, be a little bit strategic about it. You can't force people to come, but you can be strategic about it. So be thinking and be praying about that, who you will invite to join you on Easter Sunday. That brings us, of course, to today, in the beginning of this series, the Everything is Awesome Almost series. Um, did anybody see the Lego movie? What was that? Was that last year? Was that two years ago? That was that long ago? Yeah. The Lego movie. I know Batman, the Lego Batman movie just came out. I didn't see that yet. I have to go see that. But a couple years ago when that movie came out, um, I actually took Holly to see that movie for her birthday a couple years ago. <laughs> so it was like her birthday and we went out and it was like, you know, we wanted to go see a movie. We went into the movies for a while. I was like, well, what's playing? And not much was playing. We're like, well, let's go see this. We were the only people in the theater without kids. (laughs) So we just went in as a couple of adults, and that was the special birthday present. Isn't Holly lucky to get to go? Like, what a treat, what a treat. But it's a good movie, and there was that song from the movie, Everything is Awesome, right? You know that, have you heard that song? I don't think I can play it. I think it's like against trademark or something. I can't do that, copyright. But it's a funny little song. It's a cute little song. Everything is awesome. It's a happy little song. Everything is awesome. It's upbeat, it's fun, it's catchy, and it's also a big old lie, isn't it? (laughs) Everything is awesome. Everything isn't awesome. I mean, come on, we take a look at the world around us. Everything isn't awesome. We've got all these issues in the world. We just did this series that we finished last week about how divided this nation is, and we're looking at all the problems and all the problems. And everything isn't awesome. But when you stop to think about the world that we live in and stop to think about the good and stop to think about the positive, you might actually realize that there is a whole lot of awesome going on. 
Did you realize that? I mean, maybe they're not talking about it on Facebook. Maybe they're not covering it on news. But there's a lot of awesome happening in this world right now. You don't believe me? <laughs> if you're willing to look for it, if you're willing to hunt for it, you might actually find some things. I found this article online this past week. It says it's called uh, Cheer Up, 17 Reasons It's a Great Time to Be Alive. It's written by a guy named Matt Ridley. And with a name like that, I figure he must be smart, right? Matt Ridley? Half the people here agree with me. Um, <clears throat> so Matt Ridley wrote this, and he, I just have a couple things that he was talking about, why it's such a great time to be alive, the things that we have to be happy about, things that we have that are just positive going on. It says that compared with 50 years ago, the average human now earns nearly three times as much money, corrected for inflation, eats one-third more calories. I guess that's a good or a bad thing, depending on how you look at it and can expect to live one-third longer. It's hard to find any region of the world that's worse off now than it was 50 years ago. So that's pretty awesome, right? That's pretty great. Poverty is nosediving. Is the issue of poverty solved? No, it's not solved. But poverty is nosediving. The United Nations estimates that poverty was reduced more in the past 50 years than in the previous 500. Wow. It's like we're finally doing something about this. That's pretty awesome, right? The important stuff in life costs less. One reason that we are richer, healthier, taller, cleverer, longer lived, and freer than ever before is because the four most basic human needs, food, clothing, fuel, and shelter, have grown markedly cheaper. And so he goes back to the 1800s and says, think about light. Think about light back in the 1800s. A, ca a candle providing one hour's worth of light cost six hours' work to pay for. You had to work six hours before you could pay for one hour's worth of light. Then by the 1880s, that same light, an hour's worth of light from a kerosene lamp, it took 15 minutes of work, and then you could pay for that. And then in 1950, it took eight seconds to pay for an hour's worth of light. Today, it takes half a second. <laughs> and when you can see, if you just consider that statistic alone, it seems that our lives are 43,200 times better off than in 1800. All right, that's pretty awesome. There's less pollution in the world, I know. And hey, is there no, there's still pollution. There's still a lot we got to do. But there's less. In the United States, rivers, lakes, seas, and air are getting cleaner all the time. Consider this fact. A modern-day car emits less pollution traveling at full speed than a car did that was made in 1970 when it was parked. <laughs> a parked car from the 1970s just dripping the oil or whatever coming out of it. It was more pollution than a modern-day car traveling at top speed. How about that? There's a lot of awesome things going on. I mean, think about, think about the internet. Some of us in this room are old enough to remember when the internet wasn't a thing. You know what I mean? We had to like go and read books and go to the library. What a hassle that was. You know, this past Wednesday night before, you know, the, the snowstorm of the century hit, um, we were talking about, well, the kid's going to have off school. And for just a second, just a tiny little moment, I forgot that the internet existed. I'm like, well, what do we do in the morning? Do we turn on KYW and listen and wait for the number to be called? No, you don't do that. You look at, a, you look at your phone and go on the internet and say, oh, hey, they don't have school. The internet is awesome. Wow, that's an awesome thing. Uh, education. Education, I know, hey, the education system, we have our issues, but there's so many ways to become informed. There's so much information that you can access. You can self-teach yourself all kinds of things. Go on YouTube. As if there's anything you want to learn how to do, you can learn how to do it on YouTube, just about. Look at these tutorials and learn how to do these things. I mean, that's, that's awesome. You know, in the past, looking at our own country, you look at the levels of racism that used to exist and the discrimination that used to exist, and it's like, well, it's still an issue today. Yeah, but it used to be legal back then. Now there are laws protecting minority groups and laws protecting people, so that's pretty awesome. Everything is awesome, almost. A lot of things. 
a lot of things are awesome. So why is it so difficult for us to be positive? Why is it so difficult for us to appreciate all the awesomeness that's going on around us? Well, there are a few reasons. It's always, one of them is this, it's always easier to see what's going wrong than to appreciate what's going right. It always is. Uh, when I was a kid for a time, is my mom here today? Is she downstairs? All right, I can tell the story. Uh, when I was a kid, for a time, it was my job to take out the trash. That was one of my chores until I found a way to weasel out of it. Anyway, it was my job for a time, and here's what I learned about taking out the trash. Nobody said anything when I was on top of it, Okay. When I got it out there on time, nobody's like, oh, thank you, Josh. No, no, no. But when I would forget, oh, then they would notice. You forgot to take the trash out. Well, no one ever said anything when I did it. Okay, and that's when I learned the lesson that it's always easier to see what's going wrong than to appreciate what's going right. It's just the reality we live in. Now, part of it is just that in the U.S., and maybe not just the U.S., but in the Western world and in, you know, first world countries, I guess you could say, we're just, we, when things are going right, when things are good, we consider that the norm. And so we don't really appreciate it as much because we're like, well, that's just what life should be. Things should be going well. Things should be great right now. It's when things go wrong that we start to notice. I've shared this before about our experiences in Kenya. When you go to Kenya, it's a little bit different. <laughs> when things are going crazy, when people are sick, when there's traffic, when you're late, when there's, you know, that's the norm. And so when things are good, they're a little bit more prone to notice that. They can see the good. It's, it's different for us. We don't see it as readily. We don't see it as easily. Another reason it's difficult for us to be positive and appreciate all the awesomeness that's going on is because the awesomeness doesn't get covered in the news, does it? <laughs> I mean, that doesn't make the news, all the good stuff that's going on in the world and all the, you know, the decreased rates of poverty and decreased rates of, uh, rates of hunger. No one's reporting that. And so the news is only covering what's bad, and that's what we're subjected to, and we've got these 24-hour news cycles and just boom, 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 boom. They're only reporting the bad stuff, the sad stuff, sensationalizing the bad things, and so it's tough. That's what we get. Oh, this is what's going on. It's just it's what the news gives to us. The other reason it's difficult for us to appreciate all the positive things, all the awesomeness that's going on, is just what's going on in your personal life. What's going on in your personal life. You may be able to say, okay, Josh, that's all well and good that things overall are better for humankind, but what about my life? What about the issues I'm dealing with? What about the anxiety? What about the depression? What about the sadness? What about the health issues? What about the unemployment? What about the bills to pay? I mean, I'm glad that things are better for, for most people out there. On average, I'm glad that things are better. But what about, what about my life? I mean, Josh, if you could hear my story, preacher, if you could hear my story, you wouldn't say that everything is awesome. And I get that. And I get that. And I can't change that for you. You know, all of us in this life, we go through these seasons of difficulty. We go through these seasons of, of, of joy, too. Now, so often when you come in here on Sunday mornings, I try to give you a challenge. I give you some kind of encouragement. Sometimes they're big challenges. Sometimes it's like, you know, invite somebody to church to you on Easter Sunday. Sometimes it's a challenge like that that I've mentioned twice now. Um, sometimes it's a challenge like that. But I want to give you another challenge here this morning. Whatever is going on in your life, the challenge is this. Look for something good. Look for a bright side. Look for it. It may be very, very difficult. In fact, I know it is for some of our families right now. Very, very difficult. And I'm not trying to take away the severity of the situation that you're in or down talk it or downplay it. No, but I'm encouraging you, take a look at what's good and what's right. Focus on those things. It's not easy to do. It's a discipline. The discipline of looking on the bright side. The discipline of trying to see some kind of positive. Take a look at the scripture passage that Sarah read so beautifully for us this morning. This is from Philippians. This is something that Paul wrote. 
Let's take a look how Paul starts this passage here. Rejoice in the Lord always. Man, this is just such typical Bible stuff. What do you mean? What, what, what kind of a commandment is this? You want me to rejoice always? And look at what Paul does here. He takes the time to write this again. He, you know, paper and, and ink was so precious, so valuable, and yet he, he uses that ink, he uses this resource to say, I will say it again. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evidence, evident to all the Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything. Hang on a second, Paul. What, do you, what kind of advice is this? We have to, you know, so many of us, we want to go to Paul and say, Paul, I can't rejoice right now. I can't rejoice over what's going on. I can't rejoice always. There are times where I got to be down. And this, this is a time right now. I'm going through a lot of difficulty. Paul, what are you talking about? Paul, if you only knew what my life was like, you wouldn't be telling me to rejoice. If you knew what I was going through right now, Paul, you wouldn't be telling me not to be anxious. I don't know. I mean, think about what Paul endured in his life. Think about the persecution he endured. In fact, he was writing this letter from prison. <laughs> he was locked up. He was in jail in Rome writing, Rejoice in the Lord always! Really? I mean, can we just, I mean, all the stuff that Paul endured, he, you know, they, they tried to stone him, they tried to kill him, um, they, they um, put him out of town, they exiled, they did all these things. Paul endured a whole lot. In fact, he writes about all the different people, groups who are after him. He says, I got the Romans after me, I got my fellow Jews after me, I got the Gentiles after me, some Christians are after me, everybody's after me, <laughs> everybody's trying to kill me. That was Paul's journey, that was Paul's life, and here he is in prison telling us to rejoice. Rejoice. And the Lord always, I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. I don't feel like the Lord is near. I don't feel like the Lord is near me right now. I feel all kinds of bad things. Well, it doesn't matter how you feel. Just know. Just know. Even if you don't feel it, know that the Lord is near and rejoice in that. Do not be anxious about anything. Easier said than done, Paul. Do not be anxious about anything, but, but in everything... In every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. Now, I feel like there's some, some piece of, of, of wisdom that Paul is giving to us here. He's not just saying, hey, stop worrying. Hey, you worried? Stop. Are you anxious? Stop. I feel like he's giving us a way to combat anxiety, to combat worry, to combat stress. Instead of giving in to that anxiety, take whatever it is and pray about it. In every situation is what it says. In every situation, by prayer and petition. You know what prayer is? Petition is going back and back again to God. I'm going to keep praying about this. I'm going to keep praying about this. I'm going to keep praying about this. In prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, with a spirit of thanksgiving, with a spirit of gratitude, with an awareness of all there is to be grateful for, present your requests to God. With that attitude, present your requests to God. And when we do that, the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. So often when we're praying together in small group or when we have some, you know, the men's group or it's the Tuesday night group, whenever it is, we start our prayer with just that, thank you, God. Thank you, God, for being you. You know, how does the Lord's Prayer start? Some of you learned that once upon a time. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. God, I'm just going to celebrate you. Whatever else is going on in, in life, I'm going to celebrate you. I'm going to pray to you. I'm going to be thankful for you. Start that way and present your request to God and he's going to give you peace. There's this peace Jesus talked about, this kind of peace. Now Paul's writing about this kind of peace. It transcends all understanding. Another way to say it is a peace that just doesn't make sense. You could be locked up in a Roman jail and still have peace. It doesn't make sense because it's a gift from God. It's a gift from Christ Jesus. Finally, listen to this, verse 8. Finally, brothers and sisters, 
whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Hold on to those things and let go of the rest. Hold on to those things. Let's take a look at the details. Look at this list. Whatever is true, whatever is true in a world that's filled with lies, in a world that's filled with deception, in a world that's filled with everybody trying to put their own little spin on the thing, and there's the political spin you put on it, and, and this side puts that spin, that side puts that spin, and just spin, 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 spin. All the little deceptions and the people out there trying to sell you stuff that you don't need. And all the deception that's out there. If you find something that's true, hold on to that. Hold on to that truth. Whatever is noble, whatever is noble, all these, whenever somebody has actually, they're not being selfish, they're actually doing something for somebody else, whatever. If you see something like that happen, hold on to it. Whatever is right. In a world that seems to be filled with evil and people doing whatever you want, if you see somebody doing the right thing, if you see somebody exercising righteousness, celebrate that and hold on to it. Whatever is pure. Now that term pure, when you're reading the New Testament, when you're reading Paul's letters, it, it's most often associated with, with sexuality. <laughs> With sexuality, with people being, you know, there's all this vulgarity and all this stuff going on and all this lewdness. But if you see something pure, hold on to that. You know, I'm always greatly encouraged when I hear these stories about these couples that are waiting for marriage. Do you hear these stories? Like a man and a woman, they're adults, and they're like, we're not going to have sex until we're Wow! That's praiseworthy. I'm going to hold on to that. Whatever is lovely. Okay, Paul. Men don't use that word, Paul. We don't say things are lovely. Whatever is lovely. The idea is this, hey, listen, this is a broken world. It's an ugly world. But if you find something beautiful, if you find something lovely, if you find something winsome, that's another translation of that same term, if you find something that's good like that or beautiful or lovely, hold on to that thing. Whatever is admirable, hold on to that thing. Hold on to these things. If something's excellent, if something's praiseworthy, give it praise. Think about such things. Whatever you've learned or received from me or seen in me, put to practice in the peace of God will be with you. Hold on to these positive things. When, you, when there's something to celebrate, hang on to it. Hang on to it. This past Tuesday at small group, someone mentioned that there was a story, uh, you know, an article that was out there about something that had happened in New York City on the subway. Anybody read about this or hear about this? There was something that happened on the subway. There was a subway car and there was some, uh, well, there were some swastikas that someone had put in Sharpie marker. Um, very, very hate-filled symbol, symbol there. This anti-Semitic symbol was right there. And these people get on the, the subway car and like, ugh, so somebody stood up and said, we, no, we got to take care of this. And they got some tissues and they got some Purell because it has the alcohol in it. And one person started wiping it. And then other people got involved and other people got And they just erased those symbols of hate. That's an awesome story, right? Celebrate that. But I tell you what, even as I was reading that article, because after I heard about it, I went back and tried to read Even as I was reading the article, the writer tried to put a nasty little political spin on it. Like, are you kidding me? And so I just rejected that part. I'm like, I'm not even going to read that part. I'm just going to read it. I'm going to acknowledge this good part. I'm going to hold on to this good part. There were some awesome people who did an awesome thing. That's awesome. Let's hold on to that. That's our challenge as believers, as Christians, is to find those things that are awesome, praiseworthy, beautiful, right, and cling to those things, appreciate those things, hold on to them. And I know it's tough for me to be without bias, but when I look at this group of people here, when I see what's going on in the life of our church, I think there's a lot of good going on here. Maybe a lot of awesome. How could you say that? I'm, I'm just trying, I'm trying to be without bias. I think there's a lot of awesome stuff going on here. I see you taking care of each other. I see people praying for one another. I see people making each other meals. I see people invested in each other's lives. I see you loving one another, and I celebrate that. 
Not only that, but I want to invite more people to be a part of all the good and all the awesome that you're creating here, that God is creating through Hope Community Church. So let's be a people that cling and hold on to all that is good, all that is pure, all that is praiseworthy. Let's get into that discipline, that fun, wonderful discipline of focusing on the good in this world because it's there. There's plenty of awesome out there. God is still here. Let's look for those things, find them, and hold on to them. Let's pray on that. Father God, give us, give us eyes to see. Give us eyes to see all the ways that you are still at work in this world, perhaps maybe more than ever. You are at work in this world. Give us eyes to see. Give us hearts to to yearn for the good, to yearn for what's righteous, to yearn for what's pure, to yearn for what's lovely. Give us the ability to hold on to these things and find encouragement from them and find encouragement from you, God, resting peacefully in the knowledge that you are still very much at work and that you are very much near. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.